Hey folks, Sam Whitfield here. I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you for downloading the audio podcast and listening to the show wherever you may be. I really appreciate it. And I would like to let you know that you can also now support the show directly via Anchor. If you go to anchor.fm forward slash Whitfield Report, you can now support the show using Apple Pay or Android Pay on your mobile device, depending on which type of phone you have. And you can contribute $1, $5, or $10 as the three levels of contribution. I would really appreciate anything that you can give. Every little bit helps the show. And you can find the link to support the show directly in your show notes, depending on which app you're using. I would really appreciate the support if you can. If not, please uh, continue to support the show by giving us a rating on iTunes and sharing with your friends. Thank you very much, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Hey there, everyone. It's Sam Whitfield, and this is the Thursday edition of the Whitfield Report, and this episode is called Dress to Kill. I hope you're all doing well, ladies and gentlemen. Now, why did I call this uh, the Dress to Kill edition? Well, if you're listening to me on the uh, podcast, you might have noticed that I updated the uh, cover art for the podcast where I'm wearing a full-blown suit, tie, and uh, one of these, uh, well, I guess they're called driving caps on my head. And uh, if you're watching the video version, you can see I'm uh, wearing the same outfit on camera. Uh, I'm broadcasting from my college campus, actually. I'm in a study area slash office I use, and don't worry, I'm not ditching class or anything. All my classes are done for the day and whatnot, but I just figured I would record this uh, podcast just kind of on a whim. Uh We've gotten some new listeners of the podcast, and we've gotten so many. I, I really want to thank all of you who have subscribed on iTunes and found me on Anchor and uh, just helped to make the podcast a great, great uh, endeavor. And I also want to thank all of you who, of course, watch the videos on YouTube as well. Obviously, this won't be alive, but um, I I wanted to make this Thursday edition because we have so many new listeners, and I thought I would just take this episode to kind of go into some non-political stuff. I mean, it, it may get political at some point during the show, but I, I kind of just want to uh, do a show for the new listeners explaining who I am.
uh, and kind of what I'm all, all about. I'm not really going to get big into, you know, the whole biography thing, but I will, you know, kind of give a brief overview for the new listeners, just because I think it's time. So for the new listeners out there, uh, I've been podcasting since I was uh, 13 in 2008. Um, I've just how I got into podcasting was uh, a family friend uh, got into podcasting and they were doing uh, podcasts about comic books and whatnot. Uh, their podcast is defunct now, unfortunately, but they were one of the early ones to do it. And uh, I was fascinated with talk radio and so. I wanted to figure out how I could do a podcast, so I just got like a basic uh, headset microphone. It wasn't even like a professional podcasting microphone. Keep in mind, this was 10 years ago. I don't think they even had those out there yet, um, but I just used like one of those, you know, plug-in like headset ones that you, that people use like you know, in call centers, uh, and the audio works pretty good for back then, and I recorded a few episodes, uh, and I'm also very, from a very old age, I've also been a political nerd, uh, and I'll get into that in a, in a sec, uh, so there weren't really any good political podcasts out there for, uh, people who were around my age group, uh, you know, 14, 15, uh, but this was the year that Barack Obama and uh, John McCain were running for, you know, they were both running for president uh, 10 years ago, and it's hard to believe that that was 10 years ago, and just, you know, about a week or so ago, John McCain passed away. My how time flies. Um... So I started doing a political podcast. It, it didn't really take off the first year, but then when I went into high school, uh, in 2009, I think uh, I told some people about the podcast because it, by the time I was in high school, iPhones were in pretty big use by then. And uh, people were starting to discover what podcasts were as like a listening type of medium. So I turned some of my friends on and they shared the podcast. Uh, They shared my first podcast, which was called The Whitfield uh, Nation with them. And uh, that started to grow slowly. Then I changed the name in 2010 to... uh, the Whitfield Analysis, and that was my longest-running podcast uh, up until last year, actually, when I decided to retitle and relaunch the podcast as The Whitfield Report, which is what you're hearing now. So, I mean, I've been doing podcasting for a while. Now, as far as politics go, and this is really the reason why I wanted to do this, because... 
I feel like now any anytime someone says that they're conservative or even somewhat to the right of things, there there are lots of people on the internet who freak out unnecessarily. And I I think there are a lot of people who, you know, freak out when someone says they're a liberal too. Uh and I'll and let me just explain real quick. So when I started out, uh, when I started out, when I when I was fourteen, I I was always fascinated by uh, politics and current events in school. Uh, history and current events was really a a. Uh, it was my favorite subject. I was I was one of those nerds. Okay, um, and. I I would say that my mom uh is more conservative and my dad is liberal but he's not left he's not left wing either and there's a big distinction uh and so I guess when I started out I was more of a, a conservative. Uh, I mean, I I really do believe in limited government to a certain extent. I do believe that you know people who truly do need government help uh, on hard times should be able to get it. But I don't necessarily agree with uh, the whole notion that the that we can supply health care for all Americans regardless I, I I don't know that specific topic is really difficult to cover it, it, it sounds good in theory but the execution just doesn't sound that right um, in terms of Social issues, I'm more of a libertarian on, on gay marriage um, and on on the pro-life versus pro-choice issue, I'm pro-life, but I'm but I also understand the argument for for a woman's right to choose. I don't condone abortion as a way of uh, contraception. But I do understand, even though I don't necessarily like it, I can at least understand and accept the argument like if you're, if the mother's life is in danger or something to that, to that effect. Or if, if the, if the child has like some uh, thing where they're they're going to die anyway, no matter what, and they're not going to have a very good quality of life. Although I don't like it, I understand. Um, with that being said, you know, like I said, I don't agree with the concept of abortion as a contraceptive, and I don't necessarily agree with. Um, 
abortion as a way to deal with things like uh, Down syndrome or potential other, um, you know, birth defects, quote unquote. Um, but I mean, at the same time, that's a that's a complex one too. I guess overall, I would say I'm a conservative slash libertarian, which I call a conservatarian. Uh, I'm I'm pretty pro military, pretty pro Second Amendment. Uh, although, with that being said, on the pro military thing, I don't like the idea of us going into countless uh, and endless wars. I don't think that really helps anyone in the long run and uh, let me let me change the uh, okay let, let me uh, okay okay now the audio is uh, sounding a little bit better I just turned it up a little bit sorry it was a little quiet on the uh, audio here. Um, at any rate, sorry, I'm just kind of rambling today. I'm pro-military. I'm pro-veteran. I don't necessarily agree with the endless foreign wars that we've gotten into in the Middle East. Uh, I certainly am a, an America first type of guy in the, in the sense that well I do think we have a role to play in the larger stage of the world we can't necessarily be the world's policemen either which that is a very you know libertarian uh, talking point and that, that's one that the true liberals, I guess, had a, a few years ago. So, in other words, I'm not like a, I'm not a neocon. Um, and in terms of drug legalization, uh, I'm, I'm for the legalization of marijuana on a federal level. Uh, not necessarily because I'm a big fan of partaking in marijuana. Uh, myself, I, I've tried it twice, and uh, it was okay, but I don't really, for me, it personally doesn't really do anything. Um, as far as, like, hard drugs in terms of, you know, like, meth and cocaine and whatnot, like, I don't think those should be legal. I think some of those are still dangerous, but I think by legalizing marijuana, which there are all these studies now that you know pretty much prove that they can be beneficial. I mean, I think Colorado has had pretty good success. Which, by the way, I'm originally from Colorado. Um, you know, there's been success there. Um, there's been success in Washington. So, you know, I think decriminalizing marijuana and, and legalizing would be helpful. And I think doing that would really help with combating some of the moral lethal drugs. Now, as far as my most controversial uh, social issue goes, 
and I, I guess this is where some people might consider me to be a, uh, leaning more to the left, although I don't think I am. I think it's still pretty libertarian. I'm for the legalization of prostitution. Um, and I know a lot, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, Sam, you're just 23 and you want to get laid. Well, you know, first of all, who, who doesn't when you're, when you're that age? But, you know, even so, that, that's not the reason why I want to legalize prostitution. Uh, again, decriminalizing it would be a huge thing uh, towards making sure that sex work uh, can be regulated by the government. And I, th I think it would also, from what I've read, uh, actually combat child sex trafficking, right? This is actually an issue that I've discussed on the show before on the Whitfield Analysis on one of my old podcasts. Um, a, a few years ago, I actually had a, a child trafficking, uh, child rights activist uh, come on the show. And we had a very in-depth discussion, and she, she was actually a victim of child sex trafficking. And uh, long story short, originally I was completely against the idea of legalizing prostitution. But she did say that, uh, well, it might not be her desired profession, you know, obviously anymore since she was forced into it. She certainly thinks that there's a difference between legal, uh, consensual sex work among consenting adults and child trafficking. And right now, it seems to her, and based on what I've read, this is true too, there seems to almost be this uh, conglomerate, conglomeration of the two. And the idea of legalizing uh, prostitution among consenting adults and making illegal and getting rig rid of uh, pimps and basically the criminal underworld element makes it so that consenting adults can do what they want and in the meantime that gives law enforcement agencies the ability to combat child trafficking. So, you know, the, the, those are, again, I don't, think I, I don't think anyone can really pin me down on any one particular issue in terms of policies. And this is something that my friend Joshua Johnson and I have talked about, too. I, I think now in America you're starting to see kind of like a realignment of sorts of the, of the political uh, parties where no one is really all the way to the right or all the way to the left, 
uh, among the average American people. There seems to be a big shift and kind of a mixing of the two, and maybe there has always been, but kind of post-2016, it kind of seems that the quote-unquote uh, establishment on both sides, whether it be the Democrat Party or the Republican Party, uh, you know, things are things are changing, and the the elites in both parties are losing their stronghold. So I would say I'm a I'm a conservatarian, um, and I mean though. So as far as like those things go, I'm you know pretty conservative. I'm I'm oh I'm also extremely pro First Amendment. I'm extremely pro uh, free speech. I don't like the censorship of Alex Jones uh, or anyone. Uh, you know, with the exception of clear and blatant hate speech, and that's the other thing. The left has gone way too far in terms of what hate speech is. There are no 57 genders. There are only two. Uh, saying such is not hate speech. Uh, waving the American flag is not hate speech. Um, wearing a mag hat and saying, make America great again is not hate speech. Saying that people should come into the country legally and that we need strong borders, which I'm also for. Saying that we need strong borders and we need legal immigrants here, that's not necessarily racist either. Now, I think the border thing is a clusterfuck. But I absolutely agree with President Trump that something needs to be done, and I think he's working on getting it done. Now, as far as Trump himself goes, let me say this. I did vote for Trump. He wasn't my first choice uh, for president. But when it came down between him and... Hillary Clinton. There's almost no comparison uh, as far as who I would choose. What I like about Trump is the fact that he's an outsider, you know, prior to becoming president. He is an entrepreneur, he understands business. He's a straight talker, which is both a pro and a con. As far as being a pro, uh, it means he doesn't put up with bullshit. It means that he's not willing to speak his mind. It means that he's willing to speak his mind, which, you know, granted, sometimes can also be a con, and I'll, dis I'll discuss that in a sec. Uh, and so far in his presidency, you know, we had, we've had tremendous growth in jobs, which by the way, folks, was not due to the Obama 
economy. It may have begun at the end, but it wasn't directly uh, all because of Obama. That's what the left, what the Uber left is trying to say now, and yeah, that's not the case. Um, I think Trump has done a really good job, I think. I'm especially impressed with his ability to take a strong military stand and yet not get us into any foreign entanglements despite uh, the despite opposition from the neoconservative wing uh, in the military industrial complex I, I think uh, you know let me say this Trump as a candidate I was sketchy of him because uh, because of just the way he spoke. And he wasn't that eloquent. And, and yeah, his tweets sometimes, you know, still get under control. I, I wish the guy could speak a bit better. And I wish he would carry himself a bit better. But then again, so those are my, uh, you know, criticisms of Trump. You know, People say that he's not necessarily presidential, and I suppose that if the image of being presidential is someone who's a statesman, then yeah, you're absolutely right. He's not a statesman, but at the same time, for how many years have we heard, oh, it's time for uh, an outsider? Uh, it's time for... Someone who can really change things and make America great again. It's it's time for that. How many times have we heard this, ladies and gentlemen? I, I know for a fact I've heard it several times. So, you know, we finally have we finally have an outsider. And uh, you know, I like what I'm here what I'm seeing so far. So as far as, uh, you know, Trump goes, I'm, like, I'm liking what I'm hearing. Um, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. His presidency seems to be pretty good. Um, so that's just me kind of politically in a nutshell. Now, in other areas... I would say that I, I'm a big fan of stand-up comedy. I'm a big fan of movies. Uh, and I love classic rock music and I love jazz. Uh, and I, I do like to discuss these things which are outside of the political realm on the show too. And I obviously like to dress sharp too as you can maybe see if you're watching the video version of this uh, podcast on YouTube. And uh, yeah, folks, it's officially raining here in Florida too. I'm not sure if you can hear that, but it's raining. Um, so 
my overall point in showing this in uh, making this episode, and I really want to invite new listeners to tune in. Uh, my goal with this show initially when I started was to just do another, you know, political podcast. But over the years, as podcasting has evolved, I've taken it from just a strict talk show to a show where I'm really willing to talk to, I would say, anyone. We may have opposing opinions and opposing viewpoints, but as long as things can be civil, uh, I, I'm, I'm willing to talk to anyone on, on the political spectrum. Really, with the exceptions of like far-right neo-Nazis like Richard Spencer's and then far, far left-wing extremists. You know, obviously we're not going to get, uh, you know, much from the two radical, radical sides. But I think for the most part, people just need to start talking to each other. And that's something I've tried to do on the podcast for the last, you know, really two years. And I think I've done a pretty good job of it so far. Um, so that's just kind of an overview of who I am so far, and again, I know I'm kind of rambling. Uh, like I said, this is an official show. This was kind of impromptu. Um, but getting on to an actual topic that I want to uh, discuss real quick, and this was brought to my attention uh, last week, but the, the Me Too movement, it's been found out that Anthony Mordain's girlfriend, uh, Asia Argencio, I guess, uh, she was one of the big Me Too people who kind of kick-started the movement. And it was found out that she actually uh, was recently convicted of molesting a 17-year-old boy. And so the Me Too movement is kind of in tatters right now and uh, someone asked me to comment on this about like a week or so ago and I, I just didn't have time I want to get to it now so let's roll the clip uh, this is from Joey Diaz's the church of what's happening now he gives a pretty good analysis of the me too thing uh, so far I think it's pretty good anyway uh, here's the uh, Here's the clip. Roll the tape. You know, something weird happened. I don't know if you guys read the paper. It's really fucked with me the last couple of days. And I'm going to talk about it, then we'll get the fuck out of here. I know you got things to do and people to see. This thing about Anthony Bourdain's girlfriend. What about her? I haven't heard about this. This is beautiful. She's one of the early accusers of Harvey Weinstein. But it just got released that she's getting sued. She, she, said, already, she, she settled. She settled. For raping a 17-year-old kid on a set one night. What? Her? She did? Yeah. And, and you know, I told my wife, I go, we look, what people don't really understand across the country is that Hollywood, let's start from scratch. Wow. There's, what's that expression they say about women? There's no wrath, uh, angry woman. Hell hath no fury uh, yeah, like a like scorned woman a or something. scorned woman. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of men in Hollywood that are bitter. 
But think how many women there are that are fucking better. You know, there's a bunch of women that suck dick and got success. But there's a lot of them that suck dick and just got plain light. You know, I just bumped into a comic from 20 years ago. About two months ago. And it was great to see her and the whole thing. But she sucked her way out of this town. Yeah. You know, like you ever see somebody and you, you're friends with her and you never had nothing to do with her. But you just see her now and you're like, you sucked your way out of this town. You know, I went to prison. I did something wrong, Steve Renzese. Mm-hmm. And I got locked up and I paid my due to society. And I got judged. You know, I had to get judged and all this shit. But <clears throat> at the same time, I don't. I have daughters and I have a wife and I have friends that have daughters and I understand the whole Me Too project. But you really have to think of the whole thing. And if there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. You know, before you fucking throw a rock, you better make sure you don't live in a glass fucking house. I mean, okay, that's number one. The most painful interview I've seen so far is Matt Lauer when he's interviewing Bill O'Reilly. Just literally, like, you don't, you're you the head of the network, you're the face of the network, you don't think these accusers have, and then for him to be a month later, it's like, how do you do that interview? It's... How do you do that interview knowing that, you you know, it, it's got to come down the other way? We live how, in a weird fucking town. We live in a weird, this is a weird So this business. woman did a, made a payout Argento, already Argento. for this... 380000 To the kid? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's one of the early accusers. Was it? it, it was it a um, like he was like was he like drugged or something like that, or was he just like I was just seventeen? He was on the set. He was seventeen in two thousand thirteen. Now he's somebody should smack the fuck out of him. Yeah, who, he's got to be something, some old God's kid because you know what's he doing there? Argento sucked his dick off. Like she, but, you could tell she got tattoos yeah. and she's nasty and you know the age of consent in California is eighteen, so maybe that's why. That's why. Oh, really. But yeah, he uh, yeah, right after she, uh, they did a movie together or something. Yeah, after but he went after her right after she started talking about Harvey Weinstein. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, you got to make sure your house is clean before you start pointing fingers. That's why you got to check your fucking closet from time to time and rattle those bones. I always do, and just look and listen, man. That's why, buddy, I don't get down when people. You know, they talk shit about the sh- fucked up shit you do or I've done or whatever. It's like, fuck it, dude. I don't give a fuck. You I'm like, you you have to know, like, you, your house is all fucking cleaned up. You've done all your homework. You're perfect. You know? You the thing that gets me the most about this town is I was a criminal. I fucking used a gun. If you're going to do something, like, these guys don't use guns. They're like fucking little wormy fucking dudes, you know? And my point before was being is I've done a lot of fucked up shit. We were at the store when... Dog, I seen a lot of bad shit at the store. I seen women get put through a lot of shit at the store. Absolutely. I seen women walk into situations at the store. I saw a lot of bad, crazy stuff at the store. You know, I I, I raised my hand on some nights. There was some crazy shit that went on there. But uh, I saw women get eaten up in this town. And, I, you know, you try to pull them aside. You like them as a comic. And you're like, hey, man, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. You don't know what you're talking about. And then they're gone. I saw women that try. I know a lot of female comics that used that power. But at the end, comedy always wins. At the end, if you can't be funny, yeah. 
those titties and that pussy and that all that shit goes away. And I saw it. I saw. I saw women do it. You know, I saw women go through it. You know, there was a girl at the store when I first got to the store. She would suck your dick for a spot in the belly room. Tell you. Yeah. Tell you. Like, yeah. I'll suck your dick for a spot in the belly room. You're like, are you fucking crazy? I'll get you on stage. <laughs> yeah. Hold on one second. Don't go nowhere. <clears throat> Let me go talk to this chick. Yeah, real quick. You know, I mean, it was that crazy at the store. Yeah. So when you hear, when all this shit went on, I looked at it from a, you know, and I, Harvey Weinstein's a piece of shit in my book, you know. Of course, I mean, yeah. But we all know he was doing that. Everybody knew. Everybody was in on it. They were all in on it. The agents knew. It was like a joke. How do we fuck around? When we're together, when, you know, when we're sitting there as men, three guys, you know, when, when, All right, so I wanted to play uh, a portion of that clip for you just to kind of illustrate because people are talking about the uh, Asia Argento thing. It, it kind of proves my theory about the whole Me Too movement, which is, yes, there are some positive aspects of it, but there are also some hypocritical elements of it. And I said way back when, last year, I think the Me Too thing, becoming a whole movement, was a bad idea. Because, uh, you know, it went from Hollywood actresses complaining that they were, uh, well, not complaining, but, you know, accusing, and often rightly so, that Harvey Weinstein had, you know, sexually molested or abused them, to them complaining about misogyny everywhere else. And, and when you expand something to being like a whole movement to represent, you know, something as vast as like sexual harassment on an entire movement, when you take Harvey Weinstein's, uh, you know, some, the severity of what he did and apply that to every sexual assault case, well, A, that, that's just way too far. I, and this is like a super popular, this is, su this is a super unpopular opinion I have too. And I've gotten slack for it before. And I'll probably get, I'll probably continue to get slack for it. But I don't fully, when Louis C.K., the comedian, was, became part of the Me Too thing, thing, I was kind of like, why? Why lump, in it? why lump him in with Harvey Weinstein? Obviously, what he did was gross, but he, as far as we know, almost all of the interactions he, uh, you know, of him masturbating in front of women, he, first of all, he copped to, to, do, to doing that himself, okay? And I know that some people are like, oh, well, that's no excuse, but, and it's not, but you got to give them credit for at least copping to it and being grown enough to admit it and admit what he did. I think that's a huge, that's a huge thing. Um, second, uh, many of the instances were 
consensual. In fact, all, all of them, and even these actresses, even these other female comedians, admitted that it was consensual. Um, so, was it disgusting? Yes. Do I condone it? No. But can you lump him in with Harvey Weinstein? No. And you you can't lump every misread signal as being sexual harassment either. So I think it's kind of interesting because now we're starting to see some hypocrisy going out with Asia Argento and you know some of these female actresses are now joining the Me Too thing. So you can't have it both. You can't have it both ways. You can't say that you know all women are victims and should be have a right to be heard. And then you can't say that Asia Argento uh you know you can't expect her to walk free either. And uh you know so the Me Too movement becoming a whole big thing I think it was a disaster. Now for those who you know were truly hurt by Hollywood producers I, I, it's a, it's a scummy town. There's no denying it. I think I think they have a real big problem. But like I said, you just can't lump. Uh, you know, I think I think there is a scale between minor instances of sexual harassment and full blown rape and full-blown uh, manipulation like what Harvey Weinstein did. Absolutely. And I don't think we can, you know, just take away those, uh, you know, different areas of severity and just lump them into one. I don't think that's helping anyone. So... That's kind of my whole take on the whole Asia Argento thing. Someone wanted me to bring that up. I think Joey Diaz probably did the best, uh, you know, take on that whole thing, which is why I wanted to play it. And, uh, yeah, and if, folks, that's the uh, Thursday edition of the podcast. I hope you uh, enjoyed the show. And uh, I hope newer listeners uh, enjoyed getting to hear a little bit more about my background so anyway I want to thank you for tuning into the show and uh, if you're listening on the podcast app you can you can tap the uh, link to anchor and please support the show if you can it would really help us, and for those of you, uh, you know, who may be watching on the on the video, or if you need the link anyway, uh, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash Whitfield Report to uh, support the show. Uh, for as little as ninety nine cents a month, you can support the show and help me continue producing episodes of this show and get uh, newer equipment eventually uh we have three of those we have 99 cents a month 4.99 and 9.99 so essentially a dollar five dollars and ten dollars 
And uh, if you subscribe, I would really appreciate it. You can also support me on Patreon by going to patreon.com forward slash Whitfield. We greatly appreciate that. I don't, I don't have any sponsors to this show, and I don't, I don't run ads on this podcast, except for the uh, intro. You know, please support the show. Other than that, I'm independent. Um, you know, anchors helping out with uh, hosting the podcast, and I really appreciate them. Obviously, being the host of this podcast and helping to distribute the show to all of the different platforms out there. I've had huge growth over the last year. This is my best year yet. And now that I'm getting supporters, it's even uh, better. So I want to thank you for uh, tuning in. And uh, be sure to tune into our regular show every Saturday night at 8 p.m. on the YouTube channel. on the Field Report YouTube channel, live at 8 p.m. All right, folks, from all of us here at NGC Studios, or the makeshift one, I should say, have a good day, God bless, and God save this great nation.